0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What will the Cowboys do when free agency arrives one week from now? As we sit here recording this podcast one week from today, the Cowboys may have already made some signings. We'll at least cross our fingers in the hopes that that is the case uh, for now, though. There are still some other items to ponder. And, of course, I'm speaking with my man Tom Ryle. I'm Roy White, and this is Riled Up on the Cowboys as part of the Blogging the Boys podcast network. We appreciate you listening to us. You can follow him at TomRyleBTB on Twitter. You can follow me at RW3. And, of course, you can follow all the great content at BloggingTheBoys.com. As we await those moves, though, right, Tom, the Cowboys do need to— make some moves of their own in terms of manipulating their cap space. And that means pulling the trigger on some contracts, using some tenders in other cases, and then ultimately uh, some suggestions that there may some be be some restructuring on the horizon as well.
2: Yeah, uh, we, we are, know that they've already uh, done the tag on Tony Pollard and made a second round tender for restricted free agent Terrence Steele. So they've now got those – well, Pollard's cost is locked in pending them doing something else. And still, uh, they'll have to wait and see what happens with the tender. But I don't think that's a big risk that he's going to get snatched away by another team because they do have to send their second-round pick in April to the Cowboys to do that. So that's happening. And as we were discussing before we, we went live, Uh, You know, they're talking about a restructure for Tyron Smith to cut his cap hit this this, uh, year and bring that cost down.
1: So hopefully one that they continue to work on. And as we know, the Cowboys love to kind of pull these triggers. They build them into the contracts all over the place to get themselves to be cap compliant when they need to be. So that is all. Good news, I suppose. I I don't know how excited I am about the Tony Pollard stuff, but yeah, okay. He's back, and that's great, and it's nice to see him get his money. I'll root for him on that front. But, Tom, you and I obviously have some things to ponder, and many Cowboys fans have some items to ponder as we head into free agency. Uh, Ultimately, though, since the news is fairly slow, you and I wanted to just come up with a, a grab bag of sorts. Of five items that we think the Cowboys can potentially address and topics of discussion for us here. So, first and foremost, I just wanted to give the hypothetical thrown out there because over the past week, we have heard not one but two superstar names associated with the Dallas Cowboys who are currently on other rosters. That would be one cornerback, Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles Rams, who Reports are they're looking to potentially move him this offseason to get out of that big cap number. And wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who just signed a two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals before last season, obviously was hurt last season and would be playing on a one-year deal for the Cowboys if they were able to make a deal. Reports are, in DeAndre's case, that he may come on the cheap, Tom. So, if you had a preference. Could you add Jalen or deandre hopkins which would you choose
2: well i've been kind of pounding the table for over a year that the cowboys need to do a lot more at the wide receiver position and i think deandre hopkins qualifies as a lot more yeah he's getting older yeah he's not a speedster but that guy knows how to get open he knows how to make catches he knows how to hurt teams um I would love to see him uh, join CD lamb and Michael Gallup as part of their top three. I think he would probably be the, the wide receiver two right off the bat. Uh, And, you know, then if, you know, Gallup doesn't come along, then they could be looking for someone else to to plug in, but, you know, uh, they can go for speed in the draft, Uh, you know, take, Grab one there, maybe even two that just have good speed and see what they can develop. Hopkins would definitely, I think, help this offense. Just the day he walks in, they are better, more dangerous in the passing game. Uh, I I think Jalen Ramsey is going to want a lot more money too.
1: That's fair, and I don't think there's any doubt about any of the things that you said regarding DeAndre Hopkins. He comes in, he immediately steps in and makes this entire locker room better. But how much better is ultimately the question for me, and that's why I would settle with Jalen Ramsey. Now, I understand, like you said, Jalen is going to want his money, understandably so, but he's only 29 years old, so I can justify paying a cornerback another several $20 million contract salary deals in hopes of keeping him around and knowing that if I bring Jalen Ramsey in, he doesn't become cornerback two. like, I agree with you, Deandre would I think CD still stays the one, even if Hopkins came into play, but in Jalen's case, he immediately becomes cornerback. Number one, not only that he's the most versatile weapon at the position that Dan Quinn will have had in his tenure as the Cowboys defensive coordinator and by coming in as the number one cornerback he automatically puts the other guys in better positions to succeed we've seen Trayvon Diggs soar when he was up against most teams' number twos, Deron Bland would then be moved down, right, facing most teams' number threes coming off of the year that he had. And oh, by the way, Jordan Lewis wouldn't be relied upon necessarily to be the number one corner guy because you could use, uh, excuse me, number one slot guy because you could use Jalen in that position as well. But he also comes as insurance at a position that, quite honestly, we find I feel you churn through quite a bit. During the regular season. So for all those reasons. I totally agree with you about DeAndre Hopkins. He would absolutely be an upgrade. I'd be excited as hell to have him. But if it's between the two. Give me Jalen. And I'll even give him the extra contract. To keep him around. Because that also provides you leverage. In a negotiation with Trayvon Diggs. Right? You might find. That the deal you give Jalen. Today. Is actually less than what Trayvon Diggs. winds up making or requiring to make and if i asked you tom would you rather have Jalen or trayvon do you have an opinion there because i would take Jalen.
2: i i have a lot lot of faith in trayvon and you know i i i, I really
1: like the guy uh more than Jaylen, i will, more than uh, ramsey Jalen Ramsey, we've been pursuing this guy since we screwed up and didn't take him over, Zeke, way back when.
2: Yeah, um, I I still think that the offense needs more help. But I will say this. If they were to make either of these moves, we finally could say, hey, they took a plunge. Hmm. And either one, I think, would be welcomed uh, by many people. Not everyone would would probably like it, but I think most people would have to kind of quiet a little bit on the criticism. It would be a big move for the front office, which is why I don't think we're going to see either one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get to that question in a little bit, Uh, but as we ponder question number two here in our uh, kind of five-question grab bag, we know obviously that Terrence Steele and Tony Pollard just got their deals, or at least just got their tenders. We can explain a little bit of the specifics of that Terrence Steele second-round tender and how that works, but do you foresee either of these two players getting a long-term deal done, or are we going to be playing out these one-year tenders for Terrence Steele and Tony Pollard? I
2: I lean towards Pollard being one-year only and uh, it's it's dependent on them finding somebody in the draft, hopefully without overinvesting draft capital in a running back. Because I, you know, I believe that's a position you should never invest too much of that. But I just don't. It's a Pollard is in a position now where that ten million dollar salary is kind of his floor for a long term deal at the uh, ten million per. Uh, That's just kind of the nature of things with the the franchise tag. And if you're trying to negotiate something and that's too much to pay for running back, Uh, this franchise loves to overpay running backs. So I'm, I'm just hoping they don't make the mistake again and give him like a three year, $30 million, which is where this could well wind up. Uh, I would like them to just do, you know, Ride him for a year, and then let him go on to someone else uh, and see what he can make in true free agency. Steel is different. That second-round tender means that his salary, if he if if he plays out under that, is like four point three million a year. That dang cheap for a starting right tackle in this league, and I think they can work something out where he won't cost them any more than that on the cap, but pay him more per year and hand him a nice bonus because they're going to want to use that to shift some of the cost into the later years. I can see him getting a three or four year deal out of this and really cashing in, uh, which I think he deserves. So I think this is mine is kind of one of each.
1: And I absolutely agree with how that's going to pay out. I mean, Just to start with, and Tony Pollard, again, so happy for him to be able to make this money, at least one big contract that is truly like life-changing for him and his family. Uh, That's fantastic, and that it's all going to be this year guaranteed. If he doesn't sign a long-term deal, which I don't expect him to do, that's phenomenal as well. But at the same time, $11 million is too much for me to be paying the entire running back room not just one individual player. So we know he's locked in for that number this year, probably doesn't get a long-term deal done. At least I'm crossing my fingers that that doesn't happen. And because of that, this is a one-year thing, right? He's on his way out next year. For Steele, I am very interested to see how the negotiating is going to go because the second-round tenders, when teams place them, it might as well be a franchise tag too. Just because of the proximity of the draft and teams making expectations to have a second round draft pick available, you almost never even hear about teams trying to pursue players who get these tags placed on them because knowing the team can always match. It's like, why waste your time? Right. Mm -hmm. Why waste your time even investing in that? potential avenue when you know it's not going to work. So that means the Cowboys can turn around. And while some of the best right tackles in the league right now are making close to $19, $20 million, even top 10 guys are making upwards of 12 and 13 million. They, I feel like have a position to go to steel and say, Hey, like how does three for 30 sound and, <laughs> and potentially get him at an under market deal guaranteeing him a little bit more in roster bonuses, keeping that cap number down, as you mentioned. I, I absolutely think there's a ton of room to make a deal with Terrence Steele, and I don't think there's any at all to make a deal with Tony Pollard.
2: Yeah, and they could actually let somebody else work out the deal for them since they would be matching it. And it's interesting to see. They might get him cheaper than they would have been willing to go if they were just negotiating with him without any outside influence on it. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, I don't think we'll know the answer to it uh, until much later. Uh, and, you know, they may let him pay on the 4.3 million and then try to negotiate with him. Yeah. Which I think, I don't think that's the right way to go about, but Let's see, uh, you know, let's see how much faith they have in him. I think he is going to get a nice payday out of all this, and I'm glad.
1: Yeah, good for him. He deserves it. Uh, on to item number three, and that is really the philosophical question about whether or not the Cowboys should go all in this offseason. And when I say all in, I guess that context can be interpreted in a lot of different ways I look at what the Cowboys are potentially seeing in the NFC. The fact that Tom Brady retired and Aaron Rodgers is likely on his way out means that two top-tier quarterbacks are going to be completely gone out of the conversation. Unless something drastic happens, Tom, we're not necessarily going to see an influx of quarterback talent in the NFC. Yes, guys like Justin Fields could potentially take the next step. Kirk Cousins, I suppose, could play his way into that mix. Jared Goff, maybe, although no one kind of anticipates that. I think right now it's a Dak and Jalen conversation. So with that being said, should the Cowboys go all in this offseason, given that they already seem to be in a a primo position within the conference?
2: Of course they could. They should go in anyway, anyway. They should go go all in. Should have gone all in last year. They should go all in next year because they got Dak Prescott, and they have declared already to the tune of forty million dollars per year over the 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 uh, current length of his contract that he is the franchise guy. And if he is your franchise guy, and you believe in that, you should be doing everything you can to win. This year, because you never know what could happen, as we saw a couple years ago. You want to capitalize on him while he's healthy. You want to to, to, to give him every chance to lead this team to the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should never be looking at, OK, what's the the competition at quarterback to get to the the, the NFC championship? Th- that's not the way to look at it. But there is a very good point to be made in the fact that there is just not a lot of quarterback talent out there right now. I was looking uh, over at ESPN. They had a top 100 list of uh, the uh, free agents in the uh, currently available. And I was seeing quarterbacks on this like Gardner Minshew and Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota as top 100 free, yeah, that ain't great. There aren't many juicy little options out there for teams that need a quarterback uh, like the Washington Commanders. Uh, The Giants, of course, have locked in Daniel Jones now. Uh, I don't think anybody is looking at him to overtake either Dak or Jalen Hurts. Uh, Yeah, go all in. It's you know that it's a wide open path right now. Uh, you never ha- know how long before that'll close because somebody may draft, uh, you know, uh, the next Patrick McCombs or something. You just don't know when that's going to happen. But do what you can now with when you've got a talent like this. And, and I know that some people get down on Dak. He hasn't won the big one and all that. But I argue that's because there have always been some roster problems. And last year, it was, I think, wide receiver. And they fixed that. Let's see what this team can do.
1: Well, I love the thought. It's hopeful. But we know this team well enough to know how Mm -hmm. the front office operates in this regard. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I expect them (laughs) to hold back and not satisfy the fans' definition of what all-in would entail for this offseason. And to me, that means maybe kicking a little bit of money down the road. Mm -hmm. Maybe taking a swing at a big free agent and offering him some money, you know, long-term knowing that, Hey, if it blows up in your face, then, you know, that probably just means more kicking the can down the road with Dak Prescott's salary. But I firmly believe as we're going to get into in our next topic, that you can actually do that. You can Mm -hmm. reasonably kick some of that salary down the road. And as long as Dak is your guy And he is for the foreseeable future, like it or not. And when I say that, like I think the next three years, minimum, Dak Prescott will be here. We're done with the reactionary right after the playoff stuff. Are the Cowboys moving on from Dak? Clearly, they are not. Not only that, they're about to give him an extension. So for all those reasons, yes, they should go all in, support him in the best way they can when the, you know, situation seems to be ripe for the picking. But do I expect them to do that? No, because Steven Jones is in charge and he will certainly tell us something about how he needs to hold on to a little bit of pie for next season.
2: Yeah, you may have heard the little whimpers there because I fully agree with you. I I don't expect them to do what we would define as all in. Uh, I think we're going to see the same games with uh, not doing much in free agency and thinking they can solve all of their problems with the draft and a few bargain basement pickups. <sighs> and it makes me sad.
1: And it made me sad. It do was sad indeed. Uh, but with that being said, one thing that – I don't know. could make you sadder. I don't think it'll make you sadder because I know how you feel about Dak, but may make some Cowboys fans sadder. The idea that the Cowboys are likely going to be extending Dak to free up some cap space and on his cap number for this season. So if the Cowboys do ultimately hand Dak Prescott an extension over the next couple of weeks or months, but ultimately probably this off season, what do you expect that to look like Tom? And is there a Is there an area, is there a number that is going to satisfy all parties, both the Cowboys front office and their cap people, Dak Prescott and his people, and the fan base, which all have an equal investment in this whole thing?
2: Oh, don't be silly. Of course not. When they sign Dak, it is going to set the quarterback market until the next franchise quarterback signs a deal because they always are the biggest Going forward, you know, if you if the quarterback and his agent believe they are truly a franchise quarterback, you know. Now, is that true?
1: We just saw like Geno Smith, Daniel Jones get paid 40 million. I'm not saying Dak is Daniel Jones. He's certainly better than those guys. But I, I might argue we've seen a little bit of a plateauing thanks to the fact that Patrick Mahomes signed a 10 year deal at 45 million. And the guys that have signed deals above that, behind him, right? That would be Aaron Rodgers, who signed for 50 a year. Russell Wilson, who signed for 48. These guys have looked like not really anything close to Patrick Mahomes. I guess what I'm asking is, are we still in the age of like every deal being bigger than the next? Uh, Or than the
2: last? I don't. I I don't think you can equate Geno Smith and Daniel Jones to Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. Fair. I don't care what they think. Uh, He is right now, uh, I mean, of the guys that are coming up on an extension, I think he is at least right there with anybody else, and possibly he's the best there is. So, yeah, I think he's going to set the market again uh, that fifty million for Rogers may kind of be a floor, and people are going to howl and scream. Ooh. But yeah, I'm look. That's where I'm thinking. Uh, I I I realize you may have a, another take on that, but you know, this is not a financial question. They've got the money. Stephen Jones, if he wants to, can manipulate the cap and and pay him whatever they need to. Um, uh, I, I just think that the problem, you know, is going to be, how do the negotiations go? Is this going to be another rank, rancorous one? Steven Jones loves to play hardball in his mind and he just tends to make it worse and wind up paying more in the end than he had to, as we've seen before, um, um, you know, remember, Prescott could have been playing for $30 million a year or so for a few years before this if they had gone ahead and done a deal with him instead of letting other player, other teams at the market, which I think should be motivation for them to get in there and get this done before something happens.
1: So this is kind of where I was going with my thought process on it, right? I, I realize it's going to be very difficult to make all parties happy. And when the ink is dry at that very moment, that will probably be impossible. But Mm -hmm. when we reflect on that deal being signed a year or two from now, might we all feel like we're in a great position? And I do think that is possible because of what you just mentioned. When you go back to 2018, Dak Prescott drafted in 2016, had two phenomenal years, and we're talking because we know two years are coming up. And then his contract will be up. Could they extend him at that time? That's when the discussions began. And at that time in the offseason, Matt Ryan signed a five-year, $150 million deal, setting the market there at $30 million. And that was where we all came up with that $30 million number. And had they done that, right now, there would be zero discussion about whether or not Dak Prescott was worth it, even coming off of the season that he had. Do you agree?
2: yeah i I think that's very much so, and uh it you know, but there are people in the fan base that would would have complained about that thirty million at the time and would probably still be complaining about it because we don't have a ring out of it true uh true, whatever happens, the fan base there are gonna be large chunks of the fan base that aren't happy,
1: I guess I say. You know, it was that offseason, 30 million. I mean, think about that. In 2018, the average annual salary was 30 million. That was just five years ago. And now we're talking 50 million just five years later. I'm not saying we're going to take that type of a jump five years from now, but I am saying, you know, guys like Josh Allen, 43 million a year on average, Patrick Mahomes, 45 million a year. Now, I agree with you. I shouldn't equate Dak Prescott to Geno Smith or Derek Carr or Daniel Jones, but we can't agree Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are above him in that conversation. And so for that reason, I think there is a little bit of a, of a ceiling going on here and an opportunity to sign Dak Prescott. And if they sign him now, they can do it before whatever happens with Lamar Jackson happens next. Because uh... what they did with their franchise tag, someone could, in theory, negotiate with Lamar Jackson and may be willing to pay up significantly to do so. That's how we saw the big jump take place when Deshaun Watson's deal got big. And really, it seems like the big jumps don't take place, Tom, in my mind, until a guy actually gets to free agency... And is able to swap teams, and that's when we find out what quarterbacks are really worth. Because when yeah. Kirk Cousins did it from the Commanders, we saw a new precedent with the Minnesota Vikings and the guaranteed contract. Right? I think he got sixty million, but it was like all guaranteed for three years. Yeah, and then yeah, we saw the same thing happen with Deshaun Watson, where he became available via the trade market. And oh, by the way, we get a a, a reset. Same thing with Russell Wilson who's making on average 48 million dollars a year neither of those guys being worth it by the way but guys getting to free agency is what seems to be the catalyst for the big jumps and we haven't seen a guy hit free agency in a good while so i do think it's the perfect time for the cowboys to extend dak prescott if they're going to do it even at 50 million a year yeah uh and i you know I
2: I will understand if they initially go in and try to get something, you know, between 45 and 50
1: and they should, uh, because really yeah. there's nothing that like you can do in your life with 45 million that you can't like that. You, that you can do with 50 million that you won't be able to do with 45.
2: Nothing, Not a whole lot. And, and I, I just, I just think they need to be careful, uh, get away from negotiating in public, quit talking about the pie and how, DAC limits it and just try to to, to, to keep this on an uh, a- amiable basis and, you know, be prepared. The team should be prepared to give a little bit to get this locked up before, as you said, something happens to really drive the market up.
1: Because literally the difference in cost, like it could be several million dollars if they do this deal before Lamar Jackson signs versus after agreed that's the scary part to me so finally and this is foreshadowing as we look ahead again free agency begins on the 15th and that's i guess when the negotiating window quote unquote opens tom but as we know like the negotiations have probably already been ongoing (laughs) and (laughs) we will have multiple deals signed when the light turns green there on the 15th but with that being said Are there any players either being talked about with the Cowboys or under the radar that you would be interested in them pursuing if they were going to take that all in approach here in the next week?
2: Yeah. uh, Let me give you kind of uh, maybe a little compromise. Somebody who's still uh, considered a top 100 free agent by some, but is not getting talked about that much? And who fills what I think is a pending hole? And that's uh, safety Terrell Edmonds uh, out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he was a first round draft pick, and the Cowboys love those former first round draft picks. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, his number. One of the reasons I, I was reading some stuff uh, from the, the one of the Steeler sites. They don't think they should – Steelers should work hard to bring him back because, oh, he's only got five interceptions and uh, five quarterback sacks. And you look at Donald Wilson and, well, gosh, he didn't do any better. <clears throat> he's got a few more tackles, and he definitely plays an enforcer role. But it looks like the Cowboys may let him go in free agency. And then I, th- I think Edmonds might – be available cheaper, you get a a proven player who wound up, just like Leighton Vandrish did, playing on a one-year prove-it deal, and he didn't do anything spectacular to drive his market up. And I think he might come in. He just strikes me, and I'm not great on player evaluation, but he strikes me as a guy that I think Dan Quinn could do something with.
1: Well, I'd love to get more weapons for Dan Quinn because I feel a lot more confident about what he's going to bring to the table than what Mike McCarthy and the offense is going to bring to the table, especially after what I've kind of heard him say thus far this offseason, but I won't put too much stock in that until I see it for myself in terms of execution. The player that I'm looking at, uh, and, and really i got a couple under the radar that I would love to get my hands on, but I would like them if they're not going to bring back Donovan Wilson. I would like them to pursue the guy that was really casted off by his current team and that is uh Jesse Bates of the Cincinnati Bengals. The safety who played under a franchise tag with Cincinnati, they did not franchise tag him again. Uh so or uh, excuse me, they decided not to franchise tag him on the final year of his deal. So he becomes a free agent. To me, the best safety on the market. I don't necessarily know if they're going to go this route because it is so not the Cowboys to pay big money at that position. But I would be interested to see it happen. And if it's a guy that you know, again, no one's really thinking about could be with the Cowboys. That would be one I would love to see. Uh, he graded out well in in uh, coverage grades last season, according to PFF. He was one of the top overall grades. Uh, because he did provide some run support as well, and he can do that. Um, I just think he would be a a good weapon, again, for Dan Quinn to to be able to utilize. And I didn't want to go after a wide receiver. I'd love for them to pursue Jacoby Myers, but because I think he's the most talented wide receiver like in this group, I just feel like the cost is going to be extremely prohibitive.
2: there i had myself muted for a moment there because i was (laughs) coughing i'm sorry about that i was wondering what Uh, that was brother yeah yeah i can see all of that i really do uh and and i don't once again you know we're running into that whole thing of of Stephen jones not wanting to pay a free agent As Mark, he seems to shirk in terror from the idea uh i mean you know we all we know so many people that, that suffer from early trauma in their lives. And for Steven Jones, it was obviously the Brandon car deal. Uh, That is his PTSD moment. And we're just, you know, I just don't know that he's ever going to recover from it. We can only hope. So I I think we're just kind of, you know, having a little pipe dreams here about these guys. That's, that's just the sad truth of the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Mm. Well, We'll see what they do as there are triggers to pull levers to move and players to pursue a lot of talent going to be available here in just a week's time. And we will keep you posted for all the best coverage up to date information about free agent signings. Make sure you got blogging the boys alerts set on your smartphone or tablet. You can do so just by going to the blogging the boys website and clicking on the alerts button. But for Tom, I'm Roy. You guys stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.